bitch, please. Oh, bitch, please, my ass. You want a sandwich? Dig that. Oh, hell yeah. She's a bad I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white world. If I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your ass. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Today with my guests, I will be discussing a topic that is being voted on in this country at the state and even smaller local levels to the federal level. And you'll find out what that topic is here next, here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Our summers are so short in Minnesota, it can be easy to forget about important safety measures. And when extreme heat is involved, safety is even more critical. There are a few things to remember to keep you and your loved ones, including your pets, safe and comfortable. One, remember to not leave your pets and kids in your vehicle. Two, always stay hydrated in hot weather. Three, avoid exercise during the hottest times of the day. Four, stay in air conditioning as much as possible. Five, when traveling, stay sky aware. Check the forecast and prepare for unsafe driving conditions, thunderstorms, and tornadoes. High temperatures kill hundreds of people every year, but most heat-related deaths and illnesses are preventable. If we all slow down, take some time, check on our loved ones, and enjoy the beautiful season. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. Depths of the sea, back to the black Snoop Doggy Dog, monkey at the 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 dock. Went solo on that ass, but it's still the same. Long Beach is the spot where I serve my cane. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, but don't lose your grip. Nine trizzes, they just there for me to hook up your shit. So I ain't holding nothing back and motherfucker. I got five on the twin house, just like that. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Today's guests will touch on a topic that is being discussed around the nation on many different levels. And I'll just call her Ashley for now. How are you doing, Ashley? I'm doing great. How are you doing? <laughs> doing just fine. So the topic that we're discussing is cannabis and, I guess, marijuana, which is a, a topic that's being discussed all around the country at many different local levels. But I... We could probably touch a little bit of the political side, but I just want to know more about the plant itself. So I guess I'll start with the basic question. What the heck is cannabis? <laughs> well, cannabis is a self-seeding annual um, by nature. It developed in other countries such as um, the Middle East, and then the Middle East, after that, the Dutch got a hold of it. And they really bred cannabis to be what we know of it uh, today and spread it around the world. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like the basic history. But 
honestly, it's 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 a plant that is really unique in its properties and how it uh, how we can benefit from the properties that it does possess. Okay, um, let me back up a little bit. Can you sure. tell me what's your title and what you do? Yes. Yeah, so. Uh, what I do right now is I actually grow cannabis for um, a company in Missouri, um, a legal company in Missouri. And, but by, by form, I am a, a horticulturist and have been doing that for over 10 years. So um, right now I work with cannabis, but I, I, I just love plants. <laughs> okay. Um, so... Now with uh, what you do, was it just kind of the next step of what you do, or do you uh, you just want to get into marijuana slash cannabis growing to uh, possibly start your own business, or? Um, so we'll start in the beginning. So I definitely wanted to get into the cannabis industry. I honestly didn't know how that was going to happen, so I signed up for classes. Um, a local school here actually offers, university offers classes now um, about how to get into the industry and um, how to grow the plant and all that. So I started there, um, and while I was in classes there, I was like, you know, why wait, you know? Uh, the lid's already been popped off, you know, why wait? Let's go get in this industry. So I looked around and yeah, I found, found a job and they hired me and kind of the rest is history there. But I guess what got me into it, honestly, Jay, is my body is not was what it was before. I'm getting older and um, 10 years I've been outside landscaping, doing, doing greenhouse work. Um, and, you know, I, I just wanted to kind of step away from that and come into the indoor, indoor grow facility world. Um, so that's kind of what initiated me. But <laughs> it's really grown into a passion, honestly. And um, my traje trajectory is definitely to own my own business within this industry. Well, I, I kind of had to chuckle when you said you're getting old because I'm 30 years old. <laughs> Looking at your bio, I'm 30 years older than you. So what does that make me, ancient? Anyway, <laughs> anyway um, um, so is this something that people can get rich from? Is it just something that is a staple income? Why is it? that so many people seem to want to get into the business, including local and state governments who want to tax the hell out of it, of course. Right. Well, I think that the basis of it is there's this movement happening. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm against uh, pharmaceuticals at all. I, I will say, though, that I am for a more natural homeopathic way of living and of um, problem solving within the body. So I have noticed that there's this movement of many people who are along this, thinking along the same vein. And cannabis really offers 
um, offers us relief in that way. So there's that. I, you know, there's a lot of money to be made. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of money to be made, whether it's quote unquote white market or black market. There's a whole lot of money to be made out there because right. a lot of people use uh, the plant. But I honestly think it's, it's just a passion for most people to want to get into this business. Uh, like everyone that I work with right now, currently, every single person will, you know, work on the plants at work. And then they have their own girls at home also. So, I mean, <laughs> it's it, it must be coming from a passion standpoint. Because um, I, don't, I don't know the numbers, but I know it is a huge industry across the nation right now. And it's only... Uh, the forecast is to only make more money. Um, so I, I can't say that that's not, you know, not a goal for people, but I think it starts with having a different route for taking care of your body and mind. Uh, you had mentioned about being an outdoor grower and an indoor grower. Is it harder on your body to be an outdoor grower? Uh, well, <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't say for growing uh, marijuana, but definitely for like landscaping, landscape design, it that is some tough work, um, some tough tough work to be doing uh, in hundred degree weather. Um, now growing cannabis is not easy, but it's it's not as hard on the body, um, and it kind of just depends on what kind of climate you're in. Um, that will kind of uh, tell you what kind of hard work you're going to be doing to combat some of the things that might come up, come about that you have to problem, problem solve. You know, it's not, it's not as easy as just throwing a plant in the ground and then watching it grow. You know, right. you really have to tend to tend to the plant. Um, so what are um, some of the benefits from cannabis? Oh, there's so many. Well, there's so, so many. <laughs> let it roll. So, um, a lot of people that I know in my life specifically take cannabis for anxiety. Um, now I'm not a doctor. Let me just preface that. I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying that any, anyone should do the, take it for these reasons. You should go talk to a doctor about it first. But a lot of people that I know around me take it for anxiety. They take it for, um, I take it for, for cramps and uh, my menstrual cycle. Um, some other people, there's benefits. Um, I've even read that there's benefits of, it's like a bronchial dilator. So <laughs> this might sound weird, but the more you smoke, the more you can inhale and, and the more oxygen you can intake, <laughs> uh, which kind of sounds like an oxymoron, but it's, it's, it's honestly not. It's, it's a proven thing. Um, I mean, there's just so many benefits. There's so many benefits. And hopefully with more and more states becoming legal and becoming at least med medical, we'll know more about what cannabis can afford all of us through um, testing and, and trials and with that opening up. Now, federally, you know, it's kind of strange to me 
and hopefully this doesn't get us into trouble, but it's just, it's just a thought and idea. Um, anyone can go on to Google Documents right now and find that uh, the U.S. holds, the, the government holds the, the patent for medical marijuana. <laughs> um, and it's, it's not something that everyone talks about, and it's just kind of strange because it's, it's federally illegal, right? But right. why do they hold a patent on it? So there's more that our government is, it knows than they're letting out or letting on to. Um, but honestly, it can, it's, it's used for so much. It's just any, any ailment that you have that is like a chronic, especially pain-related issue, it can be used for. Well, um, what ages have you found that get relief from cannabis? Um, well, <laughs> that's kind of a slippery slope in it. Um, I think that all ages could benefit under strict uh, oversight with a doctor. I, I really do believe that because, like I said, it's used for so much. It's, it's used for people who have chronic seizures, um, and, and that includes children. Um, now, children aren't, you know, rolling and doobie and lighting up, you know, to, right. to, to, to combat this. But um, they definitely have made edibles and things of that nature for children who really, really need it. And the, the pharmaceutical medication is just not working as well. Um, so, but, you know, I've, I've read that for people, it cannabis is mo most beneficial for people whose brains have been fully developed. Um, so if you're a recreational user or even want to use it for, you know, uh, medical purposes, it's best if your brain is fully developed. So I'd say around 21 and above. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and you kind of mentioned, um, so started to kind of mention what different forms it comes in, because in most people's minds, when they hear this discussion, uh, like you said, all they think about is lighting a joint. <laughs> right. Sure. And, and uh, can you talk about uh, how kind of how it's processed and then all the different forms that it comes in? Yeah, sure. So there's actually a whole lot of different forms. And I'm not really an extraction tech. I'm not really in the lab, but I can kind of give you an overview uh, of the different processes. Um, so pretty much starts off in the room, you know, where I grow it. And then after that, we, we cut it down and it's processed. Um, some of the big leaves are taken off of the plant, uh, weighed, and then hung up to dry. Um, now, after that, after, you know, we have a finished product, um, it's dried and cured, then we can sell that flour to anyone for your free rolls or, you know, for, for smoking purposes. But that's not it. So if, so there's also edibles and there's also lab, the lab, so extraction. So once the plant is cut down, if it's going to the lab or the kitchen, 
well, quote unquote, called kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, we laugh, but it that is really the process. There is an okay. I work with an excellent chef. I call him chef every day, mm-hmm. and he's he's actually world renowned, and um, that's what he's doing. He's making beautiful items for people to eat that have been you know concocted with medical marijuana. Um, but anyway, at any rate, we also have lab technicians who will extract THC and terpenes. So, uh, terpenes are like what you're smelling off the plant, Mm -hmm. the different smell profiles. Um, they extract those things and they make it into something that is also smokable, but, uh, maybe in a different form than, what traditionally we think of. So instead of just the, the joint, it's called a dab. Um, and then there's live resin and there's rosin. And those those things are similar. They're just like different processes of how to extract uh, what you want from the plant and leave what you don't want. So the, I would say there's live resin, flour, um, rosin then there's what you extract to make the food and there's just so there's so many ways that you can go about doing that but those are some of the main ones and the you hear kind of hear about um cannabis oils were are mm-hmm. they are they part of the extraction i take it Right, right. So cannabis oils, you, and I'm guessing you mean like topicals, what you would put on to your body for pain. Right. Uh, exactly. That That is another way. Um, and pretty much, it's pretty much done the same way. Now, my business, we do not sell topicals, but I know plenty of people who actually do it straight out of their home. And they make lotions and salves for people who need it for pain because uh, THC can be taken in through the skin as well. Um, so cannabis oils are a great option for people who are having localized pain. Um, so yeah. Um, and and th- that extraction process is very similar to what's, what's done in the lab. Um, but also what's done at home to make cannabis butters. You know, it's very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say people grow it at home, uh, at their homes. And mm-hmm. people that grow it, is there a license you have to attain to do this, or you have to? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Uh, if you want to stay legit, yes. But let's not, you know, let's not be too facetious here. There is a white ma- market and a black market, um, and both are doing and thriving quite well all over the country. Um, I would say that staying legal is the best way to do it because I think that's what we all want in the end you know is for this to go away the stigma to go away and for federal um, the federal uh, levels to say oh well this is doable this this is this can have some sort of oversight people aren't just you know using this uh, you know it's not it's not like growing poppies you know who are using this to really, really help our bodies. Um, so that's what I would condone is just to combat all the stigma. Uh, I would condone going 
the legal way. So here in Missouri, um, you pretty much sign up to grow at home and then you're given the opportunity to have patients that are under your care. Um, so instead of paying that huge, you know, buy-in price tag to try to own your own facility, you can just uh, grow at home and have a certain number of patients. I believe it's six, six patients, and then you get to grow six plants per patient. So it's 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 pretty nice. I would I would think you can't really make a living on that though. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all still want this to kind of open up even more um, so we can do this legally and, you know, pay taxes on it and all that. Uh, and I think you stated that you uh, work for a grower, a bigger plant, I, I, I take it. Uh, yeah. What's the process for them to get started? Oh, here in Missouri, it is pretty steep. So... I believe I actually have quite a few friends who tried to do this um, and were rejected, and nobody knows why. Okay. Um, but they have their own ways of how to choose uh, different companies and, and, and how they go through it. Uh, but I know that price tag is about 10 grand to, to buy in just to be considered so i have some buddies of mine who actually paid that price tag and then were rejected so you don't get that money back you don't you know okay it's it's just like it's gone and they try again in a few more years or you know do what my buddies did and they opened up a dispensary instead um so they're not growing but they distribute other growers within the region um and I think that that's a little bit less of a price tag that that going that route, the dispensary route, but it's still still pretty steep. So, well, I, I I honestly would hope that this thing blows open soon. Right. <laughs> well, some of the stuff I've heard, and I I don't get deep into it and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. And I've actually thought about trying to con- you know I have anxiety contacting a doctor to maybe get some help with that mm-hmm. um is that to get accepted you have to have in a lot of cases have a lot of luck or political ends i would i would agree with that i would totally agree with that um without giving away too much i know that my business owners have pretty good <laughs> handle on some political ties that, you know, that are around here. So I think I would agree with that. Well, I guess it, it doesn't hurt to know to people. Know somebody. Yep. <laughs> as that's they right. used to say, no people in high office. So, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I mean, like I said, the price tag is 10, 10 grand just to, to try, to try out, you know, like, I mean, so if you got a lot of money behind you, I think that that really matters also, unfortunately. And do you think the price tag is high to keep people out of the business? Well, Jay, I, I really, I really don't know. <laughs> um, I really don't know. Um, 
I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's political. I wouldn't say to keep people out of the business rather than to keep certain people in it, you know? Okay. Um, I really don't know. That, that's a great question. And, and I, I think as, as the market opens up more and more, we're all really going to see the true colors of the purpose behind that um, yeah. and how it opens up and who's allowed to play and who's not. You know, we're really going to see. Um, is it, um, it, are there some racial factors involved? You know, <laughs> I'm so, I'm no, I am so glad you brought that up. <laughs> um, because honestly, agriculture is, agriculture is the one business that minorities are not represented in, well, I wouldn't say one, but it's the, like the highest business that minorities are not represented in um, equally or not even close. Um, and we don't really know the reasons behind that, you know? Um, is it just because of the way minorities feel about it, uh, agriculture in general? Right. Um, or is it because they're not getting the opportunities um, that they should, uh, you know, is, is it a white man's world? I, we all know that there are some factors to that. Right. However, there are, and it's, I'm so glad you said this because I just recently was given some information about um, uh, an organization called Minorities for Medical Marijuana. And this organization helps minorities find the capital to start businesses it helps uh, minorities get trained within this business. It helps pretty much the, uh, run the gambit, you know. Um, and I, like we said earlier, you know, you, you asked me, what's my, what's my goals? And my goal is to own my own business within this industry. So I'm actually going to reach out to them real soon here um, to get more information. But I 100% know that we're underrepresented within this, within all of agriculture, honestly. Right. I, I kind of, yeah, not kind of, I understand what you're saying because I, for 40 years, worked in a business or part of a business where uh, minorities were um, pretty invisible. Right. And, it, and it was odd because the part of the business I worked in worked with athletes. <laughs> Oh, you know, wow. football players and basketball players and this, wow. that, and the other. And then you turn around and look, and I'd sit in a room as an athletic equipment manager and be the only black person. Wow. Or the only other black people were maybe from um, historical black colleges. And it's like, right. uh, okay, what is wrong with this photo What's going on <laughs> right exactly but exactly then, but then you had to go a little bit deeper and it's like well some of that is because we don't do this like right. people just don't do this and it was like but, you know but then you ask the question is well why don't we do this right. and that's and that's where there's a lot of we don't like i hear i don't know you know and i feel like there's there's this unwritten rule kind of that we shouldn't go for those higher, you know, 
for business ownership or, you know, um, and I, I really want to break that stigma or help to break that, that stigma. Mm-hmm. I, I think now more than ever, there's opportunity. Um, and I, 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 I want to help show that we can. Um, and I'm sure that that's what you want to do too. You know, I, I want to get away from the anxiety as a minority I feel when I want to go for a higher job or more pay or own my own business. It's, I, I, I just don't, the feeling of, I don't know, it shouldn't be there. And, and, you know, medical marijuana or, or cannabis, the cannabis industry in general is just severely underrepresented and it's, it's a shame. And again, I'm talking to Ashley. And what's your title again? Your dumb, your dumb host forgot to write your title down. <laughs> I am a, I'm a cultivation technician, and in general, I am a horticulturist. Okay. And um, so we've been discussing uh, cannabis or marijuana and the benefits and whatnot. Um, yeah, I. Um, yeah, I would sit in those rooms and just be dumbfounded. That, but then I, when I would go and I would take athletes to grade schools, and I would say, okay, these are athletes, and they train and they do all these things, and they hope to go professional if there is profession. Because you know, I had gymnasts or other people who, you know, their sports really didn't have pros. Right. Said they they use this as a as a way of getting you know their college education paid for. Right, sure. But then I would say, and there was this um, former uh, Army sergeant. He would bring a group through, and I would lead them through, and I would purposely take them through, and they were all minority students or poor students, and I would take them to different departments in the building and be like, this is a compliance office, and they're basically the cops of the of the athletic world. And right. this is the IT department, and you know, you know, they work with computers and they keep the communication going. This is the communication department. They help tell the stories of the athletes and the teams. And you know, this is my department, athletic equipment, and that's to make sure that the teams have everything they need to perform, be it in right. practice or games. And, that way, I was trying to cultivate the thought of you just don't have to be an athlete or a coach to work in athletics. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Right. So uh, we also probably need more of that to happen at the grassroots level, not only in my world or my past world, but in your world. And um, Absolutely. And politics in general, you right. know. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. So, um, we kind of touched the difficulties um, in getting to the business and whatnot. What is the biggest backlash where this is fought at the government level to keep it out? Why do people fight to keep it out? Keep it out of, like, the federal level? No, to keep it out of people's hands, period. Oh, oh. Well... Like I said, that's a really good question. I, I am, I'm not too too keen on the, the 
political side of things. Um, now, I need to probably get myself into it. But from what I from what I can see, it's got a lot to do with money. Now, I've I when I was in school for this, we were definitely brought up to which is great. I'm glad the school pointed this out, but we were brought to see that you know, some of these companies that are you know, they've got it from the top down. They they're distributing, they're growing, they're do, they're doing everything. Um they're obviously they have the money to do that. And in this industry, it seems like those are the people who survive. Um, they don't have to outsource their their drivers to deliver to whoever's going to distribute it. You know, they don't have to outsource their their growers. They don't have to outsource any part of the business. So from the top to the to the bottom, they control all of that. You know, um, and those are the people who typically make the most money. We won't say survive. We'll just say make the most money. Um, and I don't know if there is a deliberate, you know, a deliberate uh, need for that structure. I don't. I don't think there is, but. I have noticed that it's kind of like it's kind of like the other big businesses here in the United States. Those businesses, they get to do from they get to do everything from the top to the bottom and then mom and pop shops they fall away, you know, uh, because they can't keep up with that demand that th these larger companies can you know they can do everything. So I don't know if it's like deliberate, but the cause and effect is definitely, well, if you don't, ha if you don't have a lot of money, eventually you'll f might not thrive as well as these bigger companies who can do everything from top to bottom. Um, so it's a good question though. I, I would like to see more data on it. Well, also I, <clears throat> I was asking the question because I was wondering, is there much backlash from, like, uh, churches or uh, people who are just against drugs? Yeah, are, the, <laughs> the whole um, yeah. drugs are bad. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, I I personally haven't, ha I haven't seen any of that. Um, but, you know, there there is a whole generation of people who come from a different, you know, different environment than most people do now. Um, but the, the, that being said, I think all of us, all of us agree that on the federal level, this needs to be taken off of schedule one. You know, it's, it's not the same as heroin and cocaine. It's just not, you know what I mean? Right. How it affects, how it affects the body is just not. And it's unfair that, at the federal level, it's still it's still struggling to come up off of that. Um, so, yeah, there's a stigma coming from somewhere, um, but I, I don't at the grassroots level. I don't see that. I don't see that at all because people are not we're not stupid. It's it's not the same. You know, it's just not. Well, it's um, 
interesting you used the word stigma because in my head, an old TV show long ago from the from the 60s and 70s was called Dragnet. And it was a, it was a kind of a cop show with a lot of humor to it. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of, basically at the end of every episode, um, the um, lead detective would give the criminal a uh, talking to or a speech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was one episode where they were dealing with marijuana and, you know, the, the characters we're playing were all, you know, all drugged out and, yeah, man, free love, man, and all, you know, basically all of that stuff. And, right. and his speech, you think it's just having fun, but it's, um, it's the fuse to the bomb. It, it's the start from marijuana to, right. uh, <laughs> to, to you Yeah, know, so, to yeah, that's totally the, true. <laughs> it's like that whole reefer madness, um, right. you know, and... Honestly, uh, what I have learned from my studies is that even that was, it had no merit. It had no scientific merit. And they knew that. But at the time, way back in the day, the time, um, um, the alcohol prohibition was happening. Mm-hmm. And, and it, was, it was falling. And the people who, the constituents behind who actually wanted prohibition to happen... They needed something else. They needed something else to combat and fight. Uh, once they they realized Americans were not going to go for the prohibition of alcohol because it was just ridiculous. Um, and their next thing was drugs. And that was intentionally marijuana because it was such a free, you know, pretty much anybody could get it, grow it. And, you know, it's really sad, but... That's that's what started the whole reefer madness. Is it was a political agenda. It had nothing to do with science, science or um, concern, you know, for the the, um, the mind or the body. It had, it had nothing to do with that. It was purely politically driven, and to it, it made a lot of money, pretty much, you know. So well, you bring a. You talk about the prohibition. I, I would, you, you would hope that the um, people in this nation would learn the lesson of when we had prohibition, yeah. the crime <laughs> tied to it went up and right. the loss of life went up and all these things. Yep. And you see the same thing happening with the sale of, as you would say, black market marijuana in the sense yep. of the crime that's tied to it, the the amount of police and law time tied to it, uh, loss of life that's tied to it. And it's all similar (laughs) to the prohibition time. And it's like, but they are so definitely, there is a ton of people so definitely afraid that, that have the stigma that if you allow marijuana, then the next thing's going to be, you know, this, or it's going to be uh, the gateway. Right. And it's, it's just not. It's going to be cocaine, and it's going to be cracked, and it's going to be, <laughs> you know, you know. Let's face it, produced um, pharmaceuticals lately have killed more people than marijuana ever would. You know, opioids yeah. and yep. You know, they have yep. taken away uh, people um, who were just 
you know, trying to take pain away and they mm-hmm. wind up overdosing. And yeah. I think cannabis actually has the opposite effect, correct? Yes, it does. Um, from what I understand, nobody's died from cannabis overdose. Um, do overdoses happen in cannabis? Yes, but it's it's not something that is life-threatening. It's not something, you know, it's not something that's, I'm not going to say not create a dependency, but dependencies, I, I believe, start in the mind. It's not the drug. This isn't, this drug doesn't create dependency. You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, rather as some pharmaceutical, a lot of pharmaceuticals create the dependency. The drug itself creates the dependency. Um, and, it, you know, I've, I personally, and I come from that generation, uh, we can call it the pharmaceutical generation. Like I come from, that is the band aid. That, mm-hmm. That's how we get rid of. And I've watched so many friends and mothers of friends just pass away because they were doing what they thought was right, prescribed by their doctor and not knowing that it was just completely wreaking havoc on their body and mind. Um, and not understanding that our, that there are more homeopathic ways available. Um, And it's, you know, it's really sad. It is really sad uh, because that that should be a huge red flag to all of us as consumers to be watching these kids, you know, young people dying all around us who who are full of pain and they don't know. And doctors aren't really trying to find a way out for them. They're just, you know, covering their bases, you know, making their constituents happy. Right. There's a problem. There's a problem with that. There's an inherent problem with that. And I think that marijuana is such a key to this fight because it is easily grown in many different climates. Um, it's for the most part, it's, it's a pretty easy plant to grow and tend to. You know, it's one of those things that pretty much anybody can do. But then you've got the whole side of um, it, it's not just cannabis. It's like um, weed can be grown for textiles. It can be grown for, you know, pretty right. much anything. So, you know, there's implications that would hurt all kinds of markets. And I think that is where the fight, why the fight is so strong. Um, Like I was reading when Joe Biden came into office, he fired some people on his team because they admitted it's not even that they did a drug test and they, they, you know, they dropped dirty. It's not even that they just admitted to using marijuana at some point in their life. And he told them to get out and i think that that speaks volumes uh that, that's screaming real loud and then you've got on the other end that they they actually hold a patent for medical marijuana the, the u.s government so it's like that these contradictions scream volumes to the to the nature of what's really going on and that's to keep people from actually getting healthy um, unfortunately, death is a business. 
Um, mm-hmm. our, our pain has become a business. Uh, and it's, there's no real focus on helping people. And I think marijuana is the key to help us step away from that. Well, you, you, you mentioned something that I also wanted to touch, which was uh, textiles, mm-hmm. you know. The hemp, the hemp, hemp industry. Right, yeah. which could, you know, could be used to make clothing and rope mm-hmm. and all type of uh, materials. And it came down to a decision between cotton <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and hemp. Mm-hmm. And um, this country chose cotton. Right. Right. Uh, and cotton is much harder to grow and tend to, honestly. <laughs> right. So it probably would have been a lot easier on our ancestors. <laughs> to, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to, absolutely. To grow and tend and um, whatnot. But uh, that... So that's probably part, also part of the past stigma of of it is that it was just passed down that we just don't grow that because um, it's a bad thing to do. <laughs> um, right, because that's what the government has put on us to think. But honestly, I think it it was told us to us that way. Because it is so easy to grow. It's so easy to tend to. It can be used for so much. Um, you mentioned all those things it can be used for. What We're all struggling with the, the high gas prices. Well, hemp could be used for, it's a decent biofuel, you know? Um, so, I mean, there's just, the, the ways and implications that we can use it are almost endless. And I think that that scares industry. Yeah. Um, because it, it would it would make everything it, it would be an, just, it would blow it up into an open market and I think that the current industry um, schematics are just not ready for that and too too afraid to change you know well um, they got a hold they got a uh, monetarial hold on on us in that way well I've always Stated in some ways, um, even though your generation gets tagged with the um, everybody wants a trophy generation. <laughs> everybody gets <laughs> yeah. a trophy generation. Yeah. Um, also, that you guys are more open with your ideals in yeah. a lot of way also. For sure. And um, this is one of the topics that you guys are definitely more open to. Um because uh, it just happened here in Minnesota that they were allowed to um, have stores that can sell, uh, you know, edibles and other th- uh, edibles, and people were making. Right. There's a lot of like um, small brew plants for beer, and and there's a couple right. of them that are going to make beer with um, some levels of cannabis in it, and all. What not mm-hmm. being very creative, but also, you know, um, a lot of people who don't smoke it will use it in other forms to help mm-hmm. themselves. Um, right. So at least there's hope in the future. Um, well, go ahead. Definitely. No, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just agreeing with you. There's definitely a lot of hope for the future. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's like what you were saying. Every generation wants a trophy. And, and it's like, it's almost like, I guess, your generation and my generation, as uh, from a whole perspective, we're on opposite spectrums. We're on opposite ends. Um, and I guess that's the march of time, you know. Um, that's how it happens. It's how new things are bred and bred to be is that conflict, you know, but it, it really is unfortunate um, that, that it has to be like that because, because I think our industry on a whole, like America is, there's so much more we could do to, there's so many more jobs we can cre create here. You know, right. there's so much more um, that could be afforded to us that we're just not taking advantage of because of, whatever stupid stigma and it's it's so unfortunate yeah i just in my mind just seeing people who fight who fight it and then go hide in a corner to smoke it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to smoke it and it's and you just got, it's like you, you're a hypocrite you know yeah you know they're dead yeah. set against the dispensaries or the you know the shops that sell it but mm -hmm. They'll, you know, they'll go buy it illegally and go hide in the corner. Mm -hmm. And that's, yep. the, that's the market they choose to support, but then right. wonder why crime's high. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. there's been, there, you're, like, you touched on it earlier, there's been so much loss of life, like, especially Northern California, you know. I mean, that industry was just like, it was wild, it was literally the Wild West, you know. Um, and I think it's gotten a little better, but you're right. If it has to change from the federal level to, to honestly see some of that crime come down because these people know that this is their whole entire life, you know, is built on being the best, creating, creating the best products, but also having to stay away having to be cowboys and stay away from from the man it, it's it only bolsters it only bolsters them well i'm kind of strolling through google as we speak and it says sure. drug fact sheet marijuana cannabis d dea drug enforcement you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, marijuana is a mind-altering psychoactive drug Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like, so that's part of the, that's, I would take that's part of the issue is that um, you, you have like the benefits sitting out there and even med the medical profession is even saying, yes, you, you know, within, you know, a doctor's care, of course. Right. start using this and you still have the government who's like oh no no this is this is bad this is so right right but but like i said earlier um and you can look this up on google documents as well whether here or or later but they literally own the patent for medical marijuana for i i believe it's like some type of neurological reasons i i can't remember what the patent like which part of the patent it's for, but I know it's for the brain and it offering um, medical marijuana in general, offering um, 
a, a, a shield on some of our neurons and, and, and neuron sites on, on protecting us. Uh, now, if they know that, have a patent for it, but are still fighting this thing, it, it should be 100% clear to everyone across the nation that there's something wrong here, whether you smoke it or don't, whether you condone it or not. Like if the government literally has a patent on it and still fighting so hard, there, there's got to be attention brought to this um, because it's, it's so not right because they're still writing prescriptions um, that are killing people that are not actually helping people, right. you know, that are harming people. And that's, 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 uh, honestly, we talked about, you know, what's the reason I get, I get into this. And that is my number one reason is I've known so many people who have died or been affected by the pharmaceutical companies. And like I said, I'm not against medicine. I'm, I'm not silly, but I'm against putting band-aids on things that are killing people. The band-aid is killing us more than the original issue. Right. Well, you, you have so many people in your generation were the ADHA kids or the HDA. Hey, I, I, was, I was one of them. I am one of them. I took, um, I took medication for that. Um, I was prescribed it. I was, you know, all that ADHD. Uh, with, I have the hyperactive uh, parts of it, um, and that's another reason why I smoke because it always made me calmer. Now, the medications, the reason I stopped taking my ADHD medication was because I know I am blessed that I was sense enough, sensitive enough in my mind to know that I was no longer feeling like who I should be feeling like. I was no longer myself. Um, other people may may or may not, you know, have that ability, but in the end, it's changing them still, nonetheless, in, in a very negative way, and creating a dependency. So, it you're right. We I definitely come from that generation, and it has hurt so many of my friends who are no longer themselves and not only that they can't function without this it's like you you talk about crack and how that's schedule one it's this it's some of the same properties mm -hmm. of some of these schedule one drugs that they're actually prescribing people you know like chemically they're the same <laughs> they're they're the same but you know you don't see nobody busting in uh, the the pharmaceuticals doors grab it. You don't see the DEA going in there getting them. You know, it's just it's insane. Well, <clears throat> I always looked at it as I remember growing up and you had chiropractors, but uh, rather uh, regular medical doctors would never tell you to go to a chiropractor. They were looked yeah. as the bone crackers, and they would don't you know. They're not right. good for you, this, that, and the other. It's a pseudoscience, yeah. Right. right. Now they're called doctors, and I get refer I got referred to a chiropractor, and mm -hmm. 
my doctor was like, yeah, you'll, you know, you'll probably get more benefits for, for this than if you would go to see a chiro- your chiropractor than what I can do for you. And it's right. a totally mind switch. And at some point, I would hope and think that you know, medical marijuana would have the same thought in this country. Right. Um, me too. And, and it's definitely showing in several states, too, to be, to be doing that. But we, we really need it to change on a federal level and bring it to, while at the same time bringing attention to this patent. Um, it's so not a good thing <laughs> that a man can hold a patent to a seed. Right. You know, it's, I just really feel like that's not a good thing. Well, you educated me on that point, so I, that was something I didn't. I never knew that the federal government held a patent to it. Yeah. Um, well, with that, I uh, want to thank you for enlightening, enlightening me and my audience. Um, mm-hmm. I have one more secret to share with the audience. Sure. Uh, my guest's name is Ashley Blackshear. She's actually my niece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I called you Jay, Uncle John. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> no, that was very professional of you. But, yes, oh, this is my oldest brother's second daughter, and um, <laughs> uh, she's in the business. I thought it would be great to have her on uh, to give more insight, a heck of a more insights than I could ever give. And uh, you did a wonderful job with it, and I appreciate you uh, coming on and giving of your time. Well, you know, thank you so much, Uncle John, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, this this was a great talk, and we talked about some things that I really, really think the entire world should know. And I, I really appreciate you for giving me that opportunity. This is Ashley Blackshear. Um uh, the topic was what basically what is cannabis? It's not ditch weed. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the that's the thought that always comes in my mind um, when people hear about marijuana. They think of ditch weed basically, and um, so that's the st- the biggest stigma that you probably have to overcome is the thought of oh yeah, it's just something that's grown in the ditch and smoked. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, I normally ask my guests this, but I'm not sure <laughs> if they can or, or if you're allowed to have people, like, contact you. But if uh, is there a way people can contact you? Are you allowed to have people contact you? Uh, yeah, people can contact me. Um, my email is ablackshear1124 at gmail.com. Um, contact me on Facebook. Uh, my name on Facebook is River Blackshear. I also a musician, so that's a little bit of a stage name. Um, and I'd love to talk further about this. Um, they can also reach out to the minorities for medical marijuana for any other um, issues or questions or concerns, or maybe they want to start a business. I, I would love to see more um, African Americans and minorities in general in this industry and reach out. And that email address again, Ashley, is? It's A Blackshear, B-L-A-C-K-S-H-E-A-R, 
1124 at gmail.com. Okay. Because I'll put it in my put it in my notes to be oh, sweet. published. So sweet. <laughs> well, again, I want to thank you. I know you got two young ones to take care of. I do. Uh, <laughs> and I've got the I've got my niece over too. So <laughs> Okay. The, oh. Uh uh your mother calls her Punch. What is her real name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> her real name is McKinney. That's McKinney. right. Yeah. And um, uh, your son, Zion, and he was named Zion before we knew about the basketball player, Zion. So people yes. calm down. <laughs> <laughs> totally spelled different. And your daughter, Zephora? Z- Zippora. Zippora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we call her Zippy. Zippy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you you like to call her Zippy Dan. Yeah, Zippy Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and Ashley is also one heck of a bass player. So there you go. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, Thank you so much, Uncle John. Yeah, I like to have members of my family on because I have a lot of siblings, but I also have a lot of talented nieces and nephews in my family. So there you go. <laughs> Thanks and, so much. Yep. And uh, this has been Ashley Blackshear. Again, I guess the title of this episode will be What is Cannabis? It's Not Ditch Weed, here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Our summers are so short in Minnesota, it can be easy to forget about important safety measures. And when extreme heat is involved, safety is even more critical. Here are a few things to remember to keep you and your loved ones, including your pets, safe and comfortable. One, remember to not leave your pets and kids in your vehicle. Two, always stay hydrated in hot weather. Three, avoid exercise during the hottest times of the day. Four, stay in air conditioning as much as possible. Five, when traveling, stay sky aware. Check the forecast, prepare for unsafe driving conditions, thunderstorms, and tornadoes. High temperatures kill hundreds of people every year, but most heat-related deaths and illnesses are preventable. If we all slow down, take some time, check on our loved ones, and enjoy the beautiful season. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. Yet our best trained, best educated, best equipped, best prepared troops refuse to fight. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that they would rather switch then And I'm back, ladies and gentlemen, here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. I hear the wrap things up for the day. I want to thank my lovely and talented niece, Ashley Blackshear, for being on today's podcast. Sorry for the swerve, but I didn't want you guys to know that she was a relative just because I know you're getting tired of hearing from (laughs) members of my family. No, I'm just kidding. I'm uh, so lucky and so blessed to have family members who have, um, you know, as we call it, the divine nine, 
the children of my parents who have had uh, great careers and now have children who have branched out and who are own their own businesses and do things that we typically don't do. And some says that started back with me playing street hockey at the age of seven. So I guess I would tell people, as Ashley saying, don't let people get in your way and just do you and uh, do what makes you feel happy and comfortable in life. Because in the end, nobody else is going to make it for you. Thank you for listening. Tell a friend. I can be heard on Apple Podcasts, on Podbean, and many other outlets. And I appreciate the listenership. And again, if you know of a possible sponsor, pass them on. I'm always looking for sponsorship. And I want to thank my main sponsor, Bradshaw and Bryant, and my friend Mike Bryant to, uh, for continuing to um, support me. What a great um, thing to have is to have somebody that believes in you. As Mike first uh, said to me when I said I should start my own podcast, Mike looked at me and said, do you have anything to say? And when I first heard that, I took it as a um, slap in the face of, what is he talking about? What, what is he trying to say that I don't, I can't do a show, I have nothing to say? No, what Mike was doing was challenging me to prove the fact that I actually do. So thanks, Mike. As usual, And also, for those people who play baseball and softball, look for jbsgloverepair.com. It's a a startup of my own. It's a one-man company, but I've been doing pretty well the first two and a half years. So, jbsgloverepair.com, J-A-Y-B-E-E-S, gloverepair.com. Take care. Thanks for listening, and be healthy. And tune in for the next episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. J B is my name, and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. I am Negro, Black, African American, Black, Black, Black. Django. J B. Damn, Dolomite. Great God in heaven, you know. J B. Our great Negro sex machine.